Look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More than money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Lifestyle matters. It's more than money. I'm Faisal Carmelli, my co-host here, Dave Popovich. How you doing, buddy? I'm great, Faisal. How about you? This is going to be a fun one. I'm doing well. Well, this is uh, this is it, right? We got to vote. Everybody's got to get out and vote. Uh, there's still lots of people, probably that are trying to decide. Yeah. Which way to go? I right? went, Which platform is best? I went to the advanced polls. wasn't busy at all. Yep. So there's going to be a lot of people either mailing in their ballots or uh, coming in on Election Day on Monday. So yeah. this is interesting. We've got a very good show today. We've got candidates uh, coming in to talk to us about their platform, specifically for people who are going through, uh, transitioning through, or living in retirement. So right. a 50-plus crowd. Yeah. Some of these topics haven't been really looked at as, a, as an initial platform, but we want them, each of these candidates to dig in and kind of figure out what's really in it for people over the age of 50. Uh, we've got uh, candidates like uh, from Calgary Skyview, uh, George Chahal, NDP candidate from Calgary Nose Hill, Callis Ahmed. And we originally were going to have Stephanie Cousy, uh, conservative candidate, join us. However, she was unable to attend on this one. So it's a very, uh, it's going to be those two other candidates, the NDP and the Liberals, talking about their platforms uh, live on this show. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, and you know we hosted this live event, Fizzle, but we wanted to bring you the highlights and put it on air for today's show. So we hope you enjoy that. Primary focus will be around healthcare, taxes, and the economy. Okay, let's uh, let's get to it. Let's start off with uh, the topic of healthcare, and and uh, George, we'll go to you first. Um, give us the understanding. You've got three minutes to explain what's the liberal uh, platform when it comes to healthcare for those who are transitioning or living in retirement. Let's say the fifty-plus crowd. Well, healthcare is, as we've seen, is a very important concern for all Canadians. Um, particularly over the pandemic, we've seen the challenges across Canada uh, with our healthcare systems. Um, so our government is going to continue to support and uh, invest in uh, publicly funded healthcare for all Canadians across Canada, making sure that the provinces are following the Canada Health Act and uh, continue to provide uh, good supports in healthcare across Canada. It, as healthcare is a provincial jurisdiction, we need to work closely with our provincial counterparts across Canada. But I mean, I think uh, we've seen throughout the pandemic how important it is to have a strong public health care system to make sure that our doctors and nurses are well supported, that we have the right infrastructure in place to support all Canadians with data-driven health care policy, not based on ideology. And so I think that's the real strength of our health care system nationally is making sure that we have a strong framework in place and we continue to support and investing in public health care uh, across Canada. We've seen with the pandemic, uh, the strong government supports um, to make sure that all of you at home who couldn't work had the right support structure. So whether that be CERB, uh, the opportunities to get obtain CERB payments um, or small business supports, but also being a world leader in procuring vaccinations for all Canadians. Uh, we. Early on, we were criticized, but we had a very strong, uh, diversified, and I think the word diversified is important for everybody in the financial service industry, mm-hmm. approach to obtaining vaccines. We didn't rely on just one company. We, we diversified that approach. So that's why I became a world leader very quickly in getting vaccines here to Canada and a world leader in getting Canadians vaccinated. So that's great work by the counterparts, counterparts in government. Uh, who procured that, but also made sure that we had a great strategy to do so. And then 
deploying it to the provinces uh, to make sure everybody got vaccinated. I just want to say here in Calgary, you know, I took the lead on in Northeast Calgary to have a vaccination town hall. And people are saying, hey, you're a counselor. Why are you doing this? Well, it's important for me to make sure that my community members, many ethnocultural communities with language barriers, that I break down those barriers, provide accurate information from community leaders and faith leaders to them. And we had a tremendous response and turnout. We have the highest rates of vaccination in the upper Northeast. And that's just great work from government, the, our counterparts at the federal government getting us the vaccines, but also grassroots community organizations working together to break down the barriers and get members of our community vaccinated. That's great. Thank you for that, George. Callis, how about the NDP platform for, for healthcare for the ones who are transitioning to or living retirement, the 50 plus grant? Yes, I, I will just introduce a few of my uh, thinking about it because I always uh, talk to people. And when I talk to people like these um, retired people and I, I ask them like, how is your living thing going on? So what I found is like 50% of their, their expense goes to healthcare and then the rest 50 goes to their like living and uh, everyday life thing. So it is very important. Healthcare is very important when you will be retiring. And I know that the folks here, you are very, very anxious about that part. You know, like uh, in, in the Canada history, because I'm going from the past and then present, and we'll, we'll discuss a little bit about future. In the past, the, this universal healthcare is uh, introduced by the NDP. Uh, even they were never from the government, but they introduced it through coalition government and uh, through bargaining with the governments. And then at some point, it was like 50% coming from the federal government to, to the provincial government who actually deliver it. But now the percentage is very low, it's like kind of 20%. So we want to see it goes up again. And I, I can tell you like the NDP platform for um, uh, PharmaCare is very useful for you. That means like you, you when you see a doctor, you can get your uh, medicine free or your medicine in a um, uh, subsidized price. So that would create a big change for your retirement life and retirement planning. And for NDP, we, we valued, you know, about the CERB things, like uh, how we pushed it to, to the government, the present government, uh, to do it, and how we um, bring it on the, on the table for you, and how about the vaccination thing. We always like our people to be safe, and this, is, this includes everyone, from working group to, to, the, um, uh, to the people who, who provide the works. So we, during this COVID thing, like our um, affordable housing, affordable housing doesn't mean only that you pay for your house. It should be uh, such a way that if you, are, if you are sick, you can, if you want to stay in your home, you can do that. And then it comes for uh, the senior cares, uh, the, the care centers. So uh, that means like everybody should be, should be safe over there. So to do that thing, you need to train nurses, you have to, to train healthcare professionals, and then you have to provide uh, enough uh, support for the people who are uh, living there. So all these are in um, our platform. And one thing I can tell you very clearly that it's not only the platform, it's the leader who is implementing it. Because in the platform, you might have a lot of things in there. But when the leader is leading the country, he might not do it. And you see it like in, in, in previous years and in, in the past. So for a better future, uh, I hope you understand that NDP has an inclusive plan for everyone. Thank you. Alice, you did talk about uh, PharmaCare from the NDP platform, and one of our, uh, our members, Ross, has uh, uh, had that same question, is what's, what's the, uh, the national position for PharmaCare, and, 
and has, have you done a cost-benefit analysis? Let me just go back to that one part with you about cost-benefit analysis with pharmacare. The idea of subsidized or zero out-of-pocket dollars for, for pharmacare sounds great, but what's the cost-benefit analysis that the NDP has done, or what's, what's your take on that? Okay, I, I can tell you one thing here is like, when you people work in a fair or uncertainty, that goes in the wrong direction because most of the time I, I ask people like, why do you need too much, too much money at some point? They say that we always feel uncertainty because when you have some certain thing, you act properly, you act better. And you know what is, a, my take here is like, what is the benefit you say, right? For the benefit things like when we, like as a human being, when I feel my pain, that means I'm alive. When I feel someone else's pain, that means I'm a human. So you have to be human because I know, I know besides the pharmacare is the healthcare thing. Like I know many families, they don't go to hospital because they have to pay for like three and a half dollar for parking. It's true. It is there. It is there. So we have to feel the pain that like, yes, those people, uh, they're not getting enough food. They're not getting, getting even treatment. So when they feel that, no, I get, get, get treatment, they will work better. They will work better for our, our, our society. So we'll go to you now, George. Um, from the Liberal Party, uh, the, the viewpoint of pharmacare, maybe a cost-benefit analysis. What are your thoughts on that? Well, this you know has been brought up. Pharmacare is important. We've seen how we, um, our pharmaceutical companies um, produce drugs and uh, how they bring forward a lot of those drugs and patents in the marketplace. And that's why you've seen with our national strategy with the state of our uh, pharmaceutical companies here in Canada and production, um, that we've had to deploy a diversification strategy to get more uh, vaccines here. But we've also thought about how we can produce more vaccines across Canada. You've seen a number of announcements and supports for a lot of uh, Canadian companies. Um, we have some here in Calgary who are looking to uh, bring more ther therapeutic opportunities of production here, but across Canada from uh, Quebec to Ontario to British Columbia as well. I think the important thing is you got to remember this is in Canada, the, we have a, we work with the promises who deliver uh, public health care. And so pharmacare has to be nego negotiated with the provinces. We've seen with our national child care program, the challenges we've had with a number of provinces who are not willing to sign on. So any strategy we do is working with the provinces. But the goal is to get cheaper drugs for all Canadians. My mom has cancer. My dad's had some serious health issues as well. I know how expensive those drugs can be. And so we need to have a strategy to make sure we get cheaper drugs for all Canadians and make sure that we work with the provinces to make sure we reduce those costs. Our next question is going to come from Susanna. So since Susanna asks, what's the party's plan and commitment to all Canadians from young to old to provide support with mental health issues? George, why don't we start with you? Two minutes to answer, please. Well, mental health um, is a serious, uh, I think, concern we've seen. Um, it was before the pandemic, but we've also seen this throughout the pandemic and the challenges uh, we've seen across Canada. Uh, my wife is a, a counselor who works in this field directly and has seen um, the challenges and the increases uh, with so many patients coming in with uh, personal mental health challenges, with just dealing with COVID, uh, not being able to connect and communicate and meet people, uh, being, being sick or being impacted by not being able to go to school. So our government has supported across Canada and, and supported with funding, but also training of more 
counselors and specialists across Canada, make sure that we get more people trained to be able to do this work. We've also invested to make sure we get 1,200 more counselors at universities and colleges uh, as well as we move forward to make sure that our youth who are going through all the challenges have those opportunities. But you know, as we go forward, we have to train more people to make sure they can support Canadians in this important um, opportunity to help people in their time of need. And our government has made a strong commitment to invest in healthcare, but also mental health supports and training of, of those professionals to help provide that. But this goes right back to how we build our communities. You know, at the city of Calgary, working closely with municipalities, I think is extremely important. Our city, under the leadership of Mayor Nenshi, we've created, I would say, a leading strategy to deal with mental health and addictions, a made-at-home Calgary strategy. I think that's really important and not enough Calgarians know about it or Canadians know about it. This model, this strategy can be implemented in every city across Canada. Our city's a leader. We funded it ourselves with supports um, from 30, government 30 as well. Seconds, so I just want to say that our government, our party's platform has a strong commitment of providing supports, providing our young and old in our communities those supports, but making sure that we have more people to help provide those counseling services uh, into the future. Thank you. Same question to you, Callis. Would be uh, the party's platform for all Canadians, young and old, to provide support on mental health issues? Um, I can uh, tell you that our pharmacare policy and this uh, healthcare policy includes uh, mental, dental, and eye care. Because mental health issue is is a very important thing. You think about it like uh, in your healthcare system, you your mental health is very important. Like if you are angry, if you are angry for something or or uh, like um, sad for something, what do you do? Maybe you don't feed your cat. So, or, or your dog, like that's the minimum thing you do, like you, you forget these things. So it creates a chain reaction. It can, it, it creates a chain reaction within the society. And you know, like the, when I, I talk to people and then I, I find that most of the homeless people are, are really mentally challenged. You know about the sufferings of veter our veterans, they have problems with mental health. And those two things are, are those things are not covered in our universal healthcare. So the mental health issue is very important for us so to do that, to include that in your healthcare system, in your um, universal healthcare system. That is very important, and that is in in a NDP platform. And other thing is like when we get uh, support for uh, mental health or any other health system, we we need to we need to provide a couple of things. Number one thing is like we have to train people so they can provide the support. We have to find out the people who, who who are really mentally sick and they open a platform or open a place for them so they can open their mind and come to get the support because many domestic violence thing that goes through mental health issue uh, they don't know how to do and they have to pay for the counseling so if the mental mental health issue is included in the healthcare many things can be solved at the beginning and that can solve many of the families and many of our people thank you Jube has a question. Uh, what are your plans to improve the financial and the physical well-being of seniors? Kalos, why don't we start with you? Okay, um, I told uh, in the beginning that uh, the seniors, 50%, at least 50% of their income goes, 50% of their expenses is for their healthcare, for their medication. 
So think about it. If if it's like if the universal pharma care is taking care of that part, then then you are uh, you are supported. If the mental health is uh, taken care of, then you are help helped with it. Then if you think that the the affordability, like the home you live in, that should be an affordable home. Uh, and then if they take off the profit from the senior care, that will help you, right? So that's the way the NDP platform do it in in a really big cycle. And it is like, it is not only one thing that we can solve it, there are multiple things that we can address to it. Uh, and you know, like the cell phone bill, uh, the internet bill, and many of the seniors, they, they don't wanna go the online banking thing, and there is a fee for it. So all this together, it is a package for you in, in the NDP platform. George, would you like me to repeat the question for you? Yes, please. Okay. So the question uh, comes from Jube, and it says, what are your plans to improve the financial and physical well-being of seniors? Yeah, this is a, a really important um, question, the fiscal well-being and how seniors are going to be able to uh, pay for many of the costs we've seen um, increase for the last number of years with their incomes um, maybe not changing. That's why our government brought forward $500 for those seniors born uh, born before 1947, a $500 one-time payment to support seniors across Canada in August. And that's a one-time because moving forward, we're increasing OAS and GIS uh, payments by 10% um, in following years in 2022 and beyond. So I think that's an increasing one-time support, but also a permanent increase for seniors who rely on uh, OAS and GIS. Um, but also what we've also done is reduce the retirement age from 67 to 65. Um, and I think that's really important for seniors as well. I've heard over the last number of years for when that change was brought in by the previous government, how it uh, impacted many seniors. So that reduction in age, um, the limit on for CPP was uh, extremely important to support getting more people uh, retired. I think another big thing is um, the reduction of the minimum withdrawal when it comes to your RIF. Um, you know, we've seen the market volatility and we've seen us, the government, reduce the requirement by 25% of minimum withdrawals um, from your RIF. So I think that's important as well. But we have a lot more work to do as we move forward to make sure that seniors have uh, more income and that we can also invest in more opportunities to reduce the cost for seniors. Um, and I know there's a number of investments that in our platform when it comes to seniors, aged care, housing, and further supports for age in place type of opportunities as well that I think ties into the overall financial well-being of our seniors community. The question that, that will come up many times will be with, um, with how do we come to the tax policy that is being uh, um, positioned in your platforms? <clears throat> One that has been going around quite a bit um, is the whole concept of taxing home equity. So many people in this room and watching and listening to the show have owned their homes for many, many years. And the rumors have gone around about taxing on capital gains of principal residents. Now, Callis, I'd like to go to you first on the NDP side because this, uh, this piece was first mentioned by your party to tax um, principal residents on the sale of it. What is the stance of NDP today when it comes to taxing uh, the uh, cap on capital gains on the principal residence? Um, but 
what is in the policy and what does it mean is a little bit uh, i have to explain it to you because you see like uh, what is going on in uh, in the housing market in toronto and montreal and partly in vancouver because in the last um last one year their property value went up kind of like 20% to 50% and uh, you see in calgary market it didn't go up that much um in some cases like i bought my house in 2006 and i if i sell it now i will just get what i paid for so that is the that is the case in some places so for this um, capital gain it didn't mean, mean that your principal house because the people living here for like 50 years or 15 years or, or 50 years the thing is like uh, what we meant is like the people who is buying a house uh, and flipping it quickly like a quick turnover and then they make a lot of money from out of there using the market and that panicked the market so that it was the uh, was the main uh, main uh, reason for this capital gain uh, taxation thing uh, but what you're saying is like your principal house you lived there for a long time like in, in the platform it says it that we can uh, tax on the principal gain but it didn't it, it didn't cover everything there okay so it is not like that you live there for more than 5 years and you sell it and you, it's going your um your your uh, tax on your principal house uh, it is because of those flipping thing and look if we from government then we will uh, mention it really clearly as i said that okay if you don't live there for 2 years or so or if you just like flipping your house that is not your principal house that's your business house um i think that clear yeah. let me let me add one more to callus uh, yes. about this was inheritance tax now we hear about that with our friends down south in the united states that if you receive an inheritance you you can end up paying personal income tax on that inheritance that's not here in canada at this point in time um what are what's the ndp platform or are there thoughts that the, if the ndp were in power that they would introduce an inheritance tax um i actually, uh, i have to be honest that i don't know about the heritage tax that much that what i think personally i can tell you is like um, when you transfer your property to your uh, son or your uh, grandchildren uh, there shouldn't be any tax uh, that should be tax free Uh, or there will be a little bit tax for uh, the transferring thing but uh, there shouldn't be any heritage tax and uh, i i don't know like party platform here i'm i'm sorry for that that's okay george let's go to you about uh, we got 2 minutes on the um principal residence uh, taxation and inheritance tax well first of all i mean as you mentioned this came out of the ndp platform that they want to tax all canadians more um to pay for their unfunded uh platforms um so i think it's important that We I I mean I know the largest saving for most Canadians is their home. I mean, you pay down your mortgages, uh you hope because that's an uh, an investment vehicle for you. I come from that industry. I come from the financial services industry. I've worked with many people and I know how hard it is to save money but pay down your mortgages and people take a lot of effort to do that. And then for many of you seniors in our community, many who want pay down their mortgages, use that those funds to fund their retirement. So we don't have anything I'm um, in our platform that's looking at that um as the other party does um and we're committed to making sure that uh, how can we pr- provide more housing affordability and when it comes to taxation you know our government brought forward uh a cut for the middle class in taxes in 2016 and so we've been committed in finding how can we support more middle class Canadians on making uh putting more money in your pockets by providing a middle tax uh a tax cut and making sure that you have more money in your pocket to pay for uh, all these expenses and we've brought in 
some predatory uh, anti-flipping policies in our platform when it comes to people who are taking advantage. We brought rent to home own programs as well um, to help support that. We have a number of other initiatives of when it particularly comes to our housing strategy to support seniors um, in many different ways when it comes to housing. But when it comes to um, the real estate and taxation of capital gains on your principal residence, there's nothing in our, our platform that's, uh, that's been discussed. And, um, and I think there's a lot of fear mongering by the other parties um, on that this is coming forward when it is not. Okay, thank you, gentlemen. I'm gonna ask a question on behalf of clients that I've talked to. So it's a general question, but it comes down to the fact is, I think most people accept that we had to spend some money to get through the pandemic. Now the question relates to how are we gonna pay for that? So in general, um, I'll give you sort of three minutes each, if you could give us the general party platform on how are we going to work our way out of the debt that we have created to get through the pandemic with respect to specific tax, your specific tax platform. Uh, let's go, Callis, sorry. Okay. Um, okay, the, the debt thing is like, you know, is um, in Canada, this is not the first time we are getting into the debt. We had a big debt in um, like 1980s to 1997. You know that thing, like you, you are of this thing. The thing is like today, like not today's uh, statistics, it's last year's statistics is that like the money we pay as a tax, 7% of it goes to pay off the government loan and the installment uh, because they, they take the loan, the, the liabilities. Uh, and in uh, 1997, it was kind of like 25%. Can you imagine, like you pay $10, $2.50 just for uh, the for the government uh, pay loan payoff thing. But then by 2000, they kind of get rid of all those deficit, deficit uh, deficiency. How did they do that? I asked this question to several people. One of the university teacher, he just smiled and said, it is the inflation. So when there's inflation, like you get more paid to, everything get, get costly, but you get more paid for that too. So when you put more taxes, it is kind of eliminated. Am I thinking about that way? No. The thing is like, George mentioned about the Scandinavian country, right? You know that, right? In Scandinavian country, their minimum tax is 22%, uh, the sales tax. Can you imagine 22%? We are, we're third when you pay 5%, right? And we get around it not to pay 5% because when you buy groceries, we don't pay any. Those people are happy. How they're happy? Because they get all the services. They get the service for the money they pay. So our NDP platform is uh, not to tax general people. It's like they think that, like we think that the people who has yearly income more than like $20 million, you think about it, the Amazon, the, the big corporates, uh, they have to pay. They have to pay their fair share. And that's how we'll tax. We'll not, NDP platform doesn't, have any plan to tax the general people and, and the lower class, middle class, or the seniors, is the people who are super rich. That's where we're thinking about it. My point of view here is those people who make more money, they're smart. Money will, they're smart, right? They're smart. When you, when you talk that we'll be, we'll be taxing you, they get scared, right? Those people are smart. They should be knowing that they have responsibilities because they're smart. They can take responsibility. I can't take responsibility because I don't have money, but they can. And this is the way, like, if they support the lower people, like the people at the bottom, they will serve them better. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Gail. George? Well, the question is right to how are we uh, going to deal with debt deficits moving forward and how do we grow our economy and what are we going to do to do that? And I think it's, first of all, you need to know that when we have, our government had a plan when we were elected in the last election and obviously with COVID-19, um, plans had to change. We had to support Canadians and that's why we brought in supports of serve small business supports to make sure that everybody survived. Because you know what? I know I come from the financial services industry. I know my credit card rate. It's 19% if I have to carry money on my credit card. I know the government borrowing rate. It's probably under 1%. So we know we've had a government that supported Calgar uh, Canadians and Calgarians through a difficult time. And we spent money because we want to make sure that you know that you have money to pay for your rent, your mortgage, and put food on the table to pay for those important costs that we're all facing. That we know we had a government that had our backs to do that through that difficult time. How do we move forward? We need to make sure COVID-19, the fight is not over. We're facing a fourth wave potentially, um, and this is real, and we're gonna see mutations for maybe a few months, maybe six months, maybe for a few years. So we have to be ready to support people because the people are the strength of any economy. If we don't have people in our economy that are healthy and well, physically and mentally, we don't have an economy. If we don't have businesses that have employees that can operate and those businesses can survive, we don't have an economy. That's what's important. But how do we do that? Prime Minister Jean Chrétien and Finance Minister Paul Martin had a plan and to reduce deficits and debt. So our party has a history of strong, strong leadership of doing that. But we do it by growing our economy, by getting people back to work, making sure people in our community, all Canadians are healthy and well, physically and mentally to get back to work. We diversify our economy here in the province of Alberta by investing in new opportunities in clean technology and new technologies and bring more investment all over the world. That's how we do that. We have to grow our economy. I can tell you, um, our platform is budgeted, it's costed, unlike uh, one of the other parties and the other party just released some budgeting. Um, I know the Conservative Party doesn't have uh, a much of a plan as well to reduce our deficit and debt moving forward um, for a long time. But we do that by making sure we have a healthy, healthy people, healthy businesses in our country as we go through these challenging times and also work to continue invest in economic development across Canada and here in the province of Alberta to make sure we have a strong diversified economy that just doesn't rely on historical strengths of our economy, that also relies on future strengths. And that's clean technology, that's research and innovation, that's agri-food, ag agra, all those opportunities in uh, agriculture as well, and making sure that we as Albertans are leaders in energy, all things energy. This pandemic has caused a lot of worries and i can tell you from our clients and listeners and viewers of the show mm -hmm. what they basically have told me is two parts first of all i want to make sure the economy is is sound and growing so that i know that this country is prosperous as i go through retirement mm -hmm. the other part of this is the worries of their children and it's, grandchildren yeah. and what kind of economy have are we leaving growing behind. and yeah. leaving behind yeah. and so the concerns that keep on coming up uh, when it comes to their their children and grandchildren are, are things like affordable housing, right? And, and part of it, I had, I had one of our clients talk to me and say, I hope we can get affordable housing across the country. And I said, well, that kind of goes against the capitalist viewpoint that some of us may have. 
And and uh, and she goes, yeah, but then I don't have to cut a check to pay for my kids' uh, house. So there was a bit of an incentive there. Uh, Childcare, I think that's a concern mm -hmm. for many of our clients for their for their grandchildren and so forth. So these are these are these concerns from the economy and how we're going to grow, how we're going to have everybody have a job. All these types of issues do come up. It may not be directly uh, impacting the individual as as, as they go through retirement, right. but it may impact their family, which then. By buying cause, it hurts yeah, them. Yeah, that's right. right. Okay. Uh, gentlemen, you need a moment for a drink? Or are we good to go? We're good to go. All okay. right, let's do this. Um, okay, let's uh, let's start with a uh, just a, a general question because one of the things, Faisal, you and I get lots of questions about is inflation. Right? We've done a lot of spend. We've got a lot of stimulus. Interest rates are low right now. What does all this mean from an inflation perspective? And so let's. Um, I'll ask you uh, both just to say in two or three minutes, just your comments generally about uh, the party's platform with respect to making sure that inflation stays under control or doesn't get out of hand. Um, Callis, we'll start with you. So you see like when there is a problem, it is not only one problem, it chain up with others. So our particular platform includes everything like affordable housing, um, diversity, small businesses, green technology, so we can create job in these places and a lot of like if say if we have to do all the houses like uh, for the green energy then there we need lots of people to do this thing we have we need to train them we need to need to install those things on your houses or wherever it is and then we have to maintain it so there will be a big um, involvement of people and there will be a lot of work out there then if you think about the the the, the daycare system like if you have the uh, affordable daycare so both both person can go to work and then the question is like, if the family is growing better that way? Um, that is my personal question. Like if you do that thing, so then we have to think about next step. Like when those kids grow up, they have to go to school. And um, if, if they have no tuition for higher studies, uh, many people ask me the question, like we paid for it, why don't they? They will be paying it in, in a different way. Maybe you, we always go by example, right? If you see the other Scandinavian country, even the European country, they don't have any tuition fees. So how did they do that? And how did they involve those peoples to, to pay for it? Uh, we can follow them. Uh, obviously, we have to like fit the, those clothes on our body, right? We don't just take their clothes and put on us. So that is the way it, the affordability will, will come and the economy will grow properly. The, the major thing here, what, what uh, our uh, NDP uh, try to do is like taking off the fear of like losing everything. Like you, if you think that like these people here, they work very hard. The people, the elderly people, you know, they work very hard. That's why we're here. And and now the fair is there. Like if if we can't provide the same thing for our children, right? It's not like what we're having here. We're more worried about them. Like if we have a clean water for them, if we have fresh air for them, if we have a affordable home for them, they can get food on their table. So these people, the people who work hard, they worked hard all through their life. And now they're thinking like, what will be the future? So we have to ensure them that the future is bright. And if we work together as, as a community, as a um, as a Canadian whole system, so it will be fine. So how do we improve the economy? So you, you see, like we want to create job in every sectors, and we have all those sectors in front of us. The the main the major two sectors in, in Canada is is healthcare and education. So we have to make sure that they go better they go better what is now or what is going through the pandemic. And you see that it, with, during this pandemic, they are, are really, really impacted. So we have to make sure that 
everything goes better and we take off the fear from our, our uh, elderly people, our new generation and the present people, they'll have a job. So it is like kind of like from the people who just born in daycare, the people who are going to university uh, is uh, taking off their tuition by steps and then creating job for everybody and then uh, provide better mental health and mental satisfaction to our, our seniors. Fantastic. Thank you. Thanks, Carl. George, I'll go to you. The question was about uh, inflation. Okay, I'd like to get just a, a general comment on the Liberals' platform on how the Liberal will combat inflation should we start to see that creeping higher. And we certainly are seeing that in areas like housing and, uh, you know, and, and other areas. But the Liberals' plan on combating inflation. Look, I mean, we have a We've had a number of challenges within our economy over the last number of years. And the biggest challenge, COVID-19, nobody saw it coming. And that's disrupted everything uh, in our local economy and the global supply chain. So we've seen inflation, um, inflationary pressure in certain areas. I think there was a talk of deflationary pressure maybe at some point prior to uh, seeing. When we see more government stimulus and investments made um, through fiscal policy, there could be um, inflationary pressures that occur. I mean, I think that's uh, one of the, what I learned in economics, uh, macroeconomics in university. Um, and, but we, you know, we have strong leadership with the Bank of Canada who advises us uh, on uh, inflation and the long, short, medium and longer term inflationary pressure. We have to keep an eye on it for sure. If it's a short term disruption, um, and we're seeing short term pre pressures, it's that short term. Longer term, we do have to keep an eye on it because or the tools our government has when it comes to monetary policy is through interest rates. And also then we have the challenges with our uh, global uh, our you know global supply chain, other monetary policy in other nations as well that uh, is impacted by this decisions we make. Uh, we've seen massive inflationary pressure in housing sector construction due to those supply chain disruptions. The cost of housing has gone up because um, the cost of materials has gone up to bring them here. Um, so, you know, we have to keep a close eye on all of that. But at the end of the day, that's why our government has supported, like with that one time $500 seniors uh, investment for folks, you know, born before 1947 because of some of those pressures. We're increasing old age uh, and GIS by increasing that by 10% because of future inflationary pressures. We got to do more locally, produce more locally as well. And we've seen the cost of food go up across Canada. I know my grocery bill is higher than it was before. The cost of fresh fruit and vegetables um, and uh, meats have gone up as well. So that's where we have to support locally, more local production, more locally, um, more local sustainable production from the ranches and the farms right here in Alberta, which is the strength of our economy and also new opportunities as well to develop and uh, grow local industries. And I think if we have a more stronger domestic supply chain and, and production opportunities, we can help, help control the major disruptions we have from being in a, a global economy. All right, my friend, before we sign off from this really important show, and we hope everybody gets out to vote, we've got to remind you, butter up, or remind our listeners of the upcoming seminar. Yeah, the first seminar after the election. How will this impact you, and how do you bulletproof your retirement? Tuesday, September 21st, 7 p.m., live online. Go to morethanmoneyradio.com to register. I want to thank everybody that joined us um, while we recapped our first live More Than Money. On behalf of Faisal, myself, Dave, we look forward to chatting with you next week. 
David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.